Welcome all to Kingdom Life Church VA Podcast. At KO, we endeavor to advance God's kingdom one life at a time. So, I pray that wherever you're listening from, that this will help you be encouraged. Here is this week's message. Welcome all of our podcast audience as well. Amen. Let's give them a hand. God praise y'all. They're listening. They're listening. People are listening all around the world. Amen. And so, amen. We thank them for tuning in to uh, to our podcast, however they listen to it through all. Excited, amen, to share a mind shift. Mind shift, amen, a brand new series, a brand new series. And, you know, um, you hear us talk about the promise of God. This is a year of manifestation. This is the year of promise. So I believe every time you come into the building, every time you walk into kingdom life, every word that you're going to hear, every regardless of who the speaker is, is going to challenge your ideas. It's going to challenge you to be better, to do better, to want more. Amen. This is not a mediocre church. This is not an average church. Amen. We're always nudging and, and pushing and prodding you, amen, to do more, to do more. Listen, as long as it, it's, it's better exists, I, I'm, not settled, I'm not satisfied with good. As long as great exists, I'm not satisfied with good. I'm definitely not satisfied with fine. You ever ask me, how you doing today? Well, I'm doing fine. And you have good and great and awesome and fantastic and all these other words, amazing, that exist. Don't ever settle for less. This is the year of promise. And so every time you come into the building, you're not going to leave here with the old way of thinking. That's my prayer. That's our prayer. Every time you enter kingdom life premises, you're going to hear the word of the Lord. There's going to be a word for you every time you enter and come into these premises. And you're going to hear something that's going to challenge you, challenge your ideas. Because all of us can do better. Amen? Praise God. I am excited about this. This is a year of promise. This is a year of manifestation. But none of those promises are automatic. There's a part that we play in every promise that, we, that we're going to receive from God. There's a part that we, pray, that we play. There's something that has to happen in our mind in order to receive the promises of God. A shift needs to take place in our mind to, in order to receive the promises of God. They are not automatic. Really, what's, what's, what's on autopilot is, us, is, is really, you understand, people talk about we're going to live and then we have to die. What's, what's permanent or what's going to happen is that you're going to leave here one day. We all know that. That's for sure. We don't know the day or the hour. But the promises of God, they're, they're conditioned. Even though he loves us, there are some things that we have to do to set ourselves up to receive what he has promised. And I believe a lot of us are not walking in the blessings or the promises of God are not manifesting the way they could. is because of our mind. It's because of how we're thinking. Something is happening in our psyche. Amen? So in this series, Mind Shift, I want to explore the relationship between thoughts and action. I believe there's a direct correlation between what you think and how you act. Are you listening to me this morning? There's a direct correlation between how you're thinking and how you're acting. Amen? There is a connection. There is a connection between that. Let me give you a definition of mind that I got out of the encyclopedia. Amen. Have you heard that? You haven't heard that word in a long time, right? Exactly. Encyclopedia. Okay. The mind, let me, instead of saying encyclopedia, let me say Wikipedia. How about that? You heard that one before, right? Oh, you know that. Okay. So the mind is the set of cognitive faculties, including consciousness, imagination, perception, thinking, judgment, language, and memory which is housed in the brain, sometimes including the nervous, the central nervous system. It is usually defined as the faculty of an entity's thoughts and consciousness. It holds the power of imagination, recognition, and appreciation, and is responsible for processing feelings and emotions resulting in attitudes and actions. Did you hear that? Let me just read the last part of that again. The mind is responsible for processing feelings and emotions resulting in attitudes and actions. 
So what's happening in my mind, what's happening in my head shows up in my actions. Man, this is, this is a process. Oh, this is a principle. We grab, we grab this principle, amen, you know, we can run on and see what the end going to be. We can just go on and see what else God has for us because this, you will not be able to bypass or get past this principle. This is so important that this is the very thing that's needed once we are saved. Once salvation happens, directly after salvation, this needs to, something needs to happen in our minds. Something needs to happen with our thoughts. And so a lot of believers are stuck in their circumstances and situations because they have not done anything with their mind. And they're trying to figure out why I'm acting this way or why this is happening or why that's happening not understanding that if I don't do something with my mind, that I'm going to just stay in the same place, even though I'm saved. You know, and so, so, and even though I'm born again, even though I name the name of the Lord, and I believe that when I die, I'm going to heaven. But I struggle so hard in the earth because I haven't did something with the way I think. I believe there needs to be a shift in the way we think, a mind shift. Glory to God. A mind shift. So put the picture up, uh, media, that I sent you guys. All right. So that's a picture. Uh, that's not the picture of the Henrico County Jail that I go to, but that is a picture of what happens in a jail or a prison. Uh, that, that is where uh, everything is controlled from that place right there. So la a few weeks ago when I was in the jail and I went and ministered to some men, um, as I was coming out, just thought dropped in my spirit to ask this young lady, so, so what is this called right here? What do you call this area? And she was sitting in a place like maybe it wasn't as large as that at the regional jail. But she was sitting in a place and she says, this is called base. This is base or this is, this is um, the central control. This is central control. She said, listen, don't nothing happen around here without me. I was like, wow. So as I was walking out, I said, oh, that's going to be good for mind shift. <laughs> so you and I, we all have a base or a central control system or a control center. This is your control center up your mind. The way you think, the thoughts that come. This, this, this head or this entity up here controls the rest of your body. In order for, for doors to open or close, it has to come through here. Nothing accesses you except it comes through your head. Except it comes through the control center or the, or the base. Amen? So our mind is our base. Our mind is central control. And nothing happens in our body except it first comes to our mind. So everything that happens is controlled by the mind. Are y'all following me? Come on, everybody took science, right? Oh, okay, man, I love science. Okay, great. Some of y'all might didn't like it as much. Amen. Praise God. But, but you are controlled. You and I are controlled by the thoughts you think. And there's, a, there's not a lot of things that you do except you think it first. Do you hear me? So everything you do really is premeditated. You know, in a court of law, they, they want to figure out whether something was premeditated. Everything is premeditated. I don't act. I know, I know, I know. The lawyer's probably like, Dad, what, what, what? Everything is premeditated. Why? Because if I don't think it first, I'm not going to act on it. Something happens in my mind prior to me doing anything. Something's happening at base prior to me doing anything. Are you hearing me this morning? All right, well, let's go in the Word. This is going to be my foundational scripture throughout this uh, series, Romans chapter 12. Amen. Y'all know we're, gonna go to, we're going down into Romans. Romans chapter 12, we're going to read verse 1 and 2. Amen. It says this, and so, dear brothers and sisters, <laughs> I plead. This is Paul talking now. Paul, amen. Paul said, I'm pleading, I'm begging with you to give your bodies to God. 
Give your bodies to God. Present your body because of all that he has done for you. So as we look at this scripture, before we dive into the next one, we can't can't eliminate verse 1 and just jump to verse 2. Because in order for the, the, the mind renewal to happen or the mind shift to happen, we have to do some first with our body. There needs to be something that happens in our body. We had several teachings. Uh, we had stay dusted. We had a, a teaching on uh, committed but not what? Submitted. Amen. Talking about our heart condition. Stay dusted. All this is talking about attitudes or ways that I'm going to do something, but I'm not going to do anything. As we read earlier in my definition of the mind, we're not going to do anything. We're not going to act on anything except there's a feeling, emotion, or something attached to it first. So Paul is asking each of us, he's pleading with us, and he's begging us. I implore you, other translation, I plead, I I beg you to give your bodies to God. Give your body to God. Because of all that he has done for you, let them be a living and holy sacrifice, the kind he will find acceptable. Because how many of you know that there were some unacceptable sacrifices that were brought before the Lord? So, so, see, we can read right through this or we can take our time and really see what Paul is saying to us. Present your body as a sacrifice that's going to be pleasing to the Lord. So we're not giving God anything. In the Old Testament, many sacrifices were not acceptable because of how they came or, 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 or what it looked like or, or because it wasn't perfect. I mean, listen, the first two kids in the Bible, one of, them, one of them killed his brother because of a sacrifice that God honored above the other. God honored one of the brothers' sacrifice. He, he said he didn't like the other brother's sacrifice. Why? Because it wasn't, he didn't give his best. And so we don't bring anything to the Lord. God don't just want your body up on an altar. He want a perfect sacrifice. And that's why the saying, because of all these, so with this in mind, because of all that he's done for you, let it be a living and holy sacrifice, the kind he will find acceptable. Not that you would find acceptable. The kind that he will find acceptable. So we're not bringing God anything. Listen to this last part. This is truly the way to worship him. You want to worship the Lord? Bring him your best gift. Bring him your best sacrifice. But that's not going to happen until there's a mind shift. Because some of us are just throwing anything on the altar. Some of us are used to just presenting anything. And if you look closely at the Old Testament, God wasn't the God that accepted any old sacrifice. So he's putting it in our hands now. It's now our responsibility to make sure that the sacrifice is good. We don't need a high priest to to prep goats and pigeons and all that kind. No, you're the sacrifice. How are you going to prepare your sacrifice now? Now that you're the sacrifice, how are you going to prepare the sacrifice for the Lord? What is it going to look like? Amen? Amen. There is an intense battle going on for your soul. There's an intense and fierce battle going on for your soul, listen, and for your destiny. Everyone who has named the name of the Lord must renew their mind. Everyone who has named the name of the Lord, listen, has been ushered to the front line of spiritual warfare. And that's the reason Paul is pleading with us. That's the reason Paul is begging us. He's begging us, and he's saying, listen, I need you to do this because God has a purpose and a plan for your life, and I need you to be serious about what you're bringing to the Lord and what you're offering to the Lord because you're in spiritual warfare. And before you get to part to verse 2, I need you to really deal with verse 1. I need you to really present yourself for real. Because there are a lot of Christians walking around the body of Christ that don't look like Christians. Why? Because they hadn't presented their body. 
So they're trying to transform their mind, but they hadn't made a decision to honor God or give him the best yet. So I need a shifting in the mind first before you can understand that you need to conform. Or not be conformed, to be transformed. So we're skipping that part. We're jumping over verse 1, and we're reading verse 2 as a fancy cliche, but not understanding that there's still a lot of people that are caught up in themselves because they really hadn't surrendered or submitted their bodies as a living sacrifice. I want the promises of God. I want everything that God has for me. God saying, I want your body on the altar. I want you to present yourself because there are some things that I have for you that nobody else can give you. Your money can't buy it. Your looks can't get it. There are some things that's going to happen in our life that only God can provide. Listen, he opened doors that no man could close. He closed doors. Listen, no man can open. Talked about lawyers, uh, lawyers and stuff earlier. Listen, the best lawyer couldn't open the door for you. If God closed it, it's closed. If God don't open it, it's not going to open. Are you hearing me? You ready to move on? Let me read this again. It's verse 1 again. To give your bodies to God. So, okay, well, all right. And so, dear brothers and sisters, I plead with you to give your bodies to God. Because of all that he has done for you. Has he done anything for you? Has the Lord done anything to you? Talking about turning 50 years old. I'm not 50 yet. I'm 29 days from it. But but doggone it. I I didn't see myself turning 50. I knew I wasn't going to make it out of the 20s. I I had no vision of growing older. Because of the lifestyle I was living, I knew I wouldn't, I wouldn't be here today. And so the least I could do, you know, some translations say it's your reasonable service. Just your reasonable service to offer your body as a living sacrifice because of all that the Lord has done. And we're quick to say what the Lord has done. And we do give him his glory, but he also wants you to do your part because he has to take you somewhere. Some things he want to do in your life. There's some people he want to reach. And you're not going to let them reach the people if you don't get on that altar. If you don't get on that sacrifice, you don't present yourself, he's not going to get to those people. Because when God tells you to do something, you got to be able to hear. Verse 2. Verse 2 says, so don't copy the behavior and customs of this world. Don't copy the behavior and customs of this world. Well, Pastor, we live in this world. I know, but the Bible says to be in the world, but not what? So I can live in the world, but I don't have to be of it. Wow. Interesting. Don't copy the behavior and customs of this world. So behavior, behavior by definition, behavior by definition is, listen, it's the way in which one acts or conducts oneself, especially towards others. That's your behavior. God's saying do not copy the way the world acts or conducts itself. So we can break it down because sometimes we don't understand what God is saying. And I'm just, I just want to read what the Bible says because this is what the Bible says. This is not my commentary on it. This is what the Bible says. It says, don't copy the behavior and the customs of this world. And behavior meaning the way that the world acts or the way that the world conducts itself. We don't get excited when the world is doing things. The, the world doesn't excite us. The world shouldn't excite us as believers. We shouldn't be following the world because what do they really have to offer us once you've been born again? Once you've been born again, what, in a, what, what do the world has to offer us? Listen, not the world, not a map. What does me acting like them 
how does that how does that benefit me? Let's break it down, Pastor. Let's let's make it clear. Not talking about a globe. How does me how how does me acting like the world in behavior or customs make my life better? Customs. Because people have customs. Jesus, as it was his custom, he did some things. Throughout the Old Testament, Abraham, Isaac, Jay, all the, they, they did things through their customs, because of their customs. But God is telling us, don't copy the behavior. Do not copy the customs of this world. Custom is a habitual practice. Something that, that people do on a regular basis. So God is telling believers, don't do what the world doing because they do it on a regular basis. Don't you be regular like the world is regular and do what the world is doing just because the world is doing it. Christian, you don't have to do it. I'm not getting a lot of amens, amen, but that's fine. Amen. It's a mind shift. It's a mind shift. It's a mind shift. All right, now let's read it again since we, we got some understanding now. Romans 12 and 2. Don't copy the behavior and the customs. Do not copy the pattern of this world. But let God transform you. But let God transform you into a what? But let God. I got let underlined. But let God. Won't he do it? Won't he do it? Right, but see, but won't he do it, though? But the Bible says, but let God transform you. So, so, in other words, some of us are in the way of the transformation that God has for us because we, not, we are not allowing God or letting God do what he wants to do in our life. It's going to take a mind shift to let him do it. You're not just going to let him do it. We're okay with won't he do it. Because won't he do it, it's just all on him, and won't he do it, and won't he do it. You understand? Won't he do it? Praise God, won't he do it? No, won't you let him do it? See, that's another level. That's a shifting of the mind. Won't you let him do it? Won't you let him transform your life? Why don't you get out the way so that he can transform your life, so he can do the things he wants to do in your life he's been wanting to do for all these years? All you have to do is get out of the way. It's a mind shift. And it's not going to happen without your permission. Nobody gets to their destination, amen, just because we're just, we're going to sit back and let God do it. Whatever God wants to do, he's going to do. That sounds good, but it's not the truth. God is not doing whatever he wants to do. He's doing whatever believers allow him to do. Come on, mind shift. He's doing whatever you allow him to do. He is not in control. He's not in control. Who is? You are. We are in control. You and I, we are the agents in the earth today. It's illegal for God to come into this atmosphere and do whatever he wants to do just because he's God. Come on now. Y'all have these questions. If he was God, why don't he get this straight? Why don't he fix that? Why did he let that happen? Why did he let this happen? God said, like, why y'all let it happen? Yeah, I ain't blaming none of that on me. I told you from the beginning what I was doing. I created this baby, and I'm sitting back. I told you, seven days I'm going to rest, and that's what I've been doing. I've been resting. And I sent my son, and he died for you. And then he left you a comforter in the name of Holy Spirit. And that's who's operating in the earth today. Holy Spirit, the Spirit of God is right here with us to help us, to help us get the, establish the will of God in the earth today. But God is not doing anything. He is depending on you and I as believers. We are his hands. We're his mouthpiece. We're his feet. We're his body. That's right. We're his body. So he's waiting on us to do our part. Many people are waiting on God, and God is saying, I've been waiting on you. I've been waiting on you. While you waiting on me, I've done everything. I'm waiting on you. It's your move now. And so let him do it, y'all. Let God transform you into a what? New person. So you mean to tell me I can be saved, receive Jesus as my Lord and Savior, 
And if I don't let him transform me, I'm not going to be a new person. So you telling me I'm still going to think the same way, act the same, because if I think that way, I'm going to what? Act that way. So you mean to tell me my thinking and acting is going to remain the same even though I name the name of the Lord if I don't let him do something? Is that what y'all saying? Is that what the Bible saying? Well, doggone it. Well, doggone it. Look at that. But let God transform you into a new person by changing the way you think. We want the new, but we want to think the same. God said there's a new person that you haven't met yet waiting on you. And if you would let me, if you would let me transform you, I'll introduce you to him. <laughs> Listen, because God said, I knew, him, I knew him or her before they were in the mother's womb. So I knew the real you before you even came to earth. And I know that's not him. That's not her. I don't know who that is, but that's not the person I met. That's not the person that came from heaven. That's not the person that I had sweet fellowship with. You've allowed, and we go, told we're gonna get to her. You've allowed, <laughs> you have allowed the flesh who is of the world, who's of the ground here, to distort the plans and the visions God got for you. We are totally useless as Christians if we don't allow God to change the way we think. We'll continue to walk around in the wilderness as the children of Israel did if we don't change the way we think. The children of Israel were some of the wealthiest people on the planet. They didn't have no problem with money. They had all the gold. God, God made the people bless them before they left. Boy, Egypt blessed them good. So we're not saying Egypt won't bless you. We're not saying Egypt won't give you blessings because Egypt will bless you good. But the problem was they still wandered around in the wilderness because they didn't want to change the way they thought. They didn't want to change their thinking. They continued to walk in Egypt and they kept wanting desire to go back. And they had it all. Every person who calls on, the, on Jesus must take the next step and begin, to, and begin the process of mind renewal. It's a process. Your spirit is new, brand new, brand spanking new. Can I say that? Brand spank 2020. Brand new spirit came on the inside of you when you received Jesus as your Lord and Savior. Nobody ever wrote it before. Nobody ever experienced it before. Brand new for you. A brand new spirit. But your flesh, your body is still the same. It cannot be saved. Your flesh cannot be transformed. It can only be, it, it can only be made to conform. Because as I build myself up and renew my mind, the spirit man, the real me, begins to take over the old me and take control of the old me. And when, the, and when that happens, it's like the old me is in the dust now. Yeah, every now and then you try to, try to send thoughts and all that. But predominantly, because I'm feeding the spirit man, the new man, he is the one that will begin to lead your life. Are you hearing me this morning? So when we call on Jesus, the next thing we should do is renew our mind. I'm calling it a mind shift. A mind shift needs to happen once we come to the Lord. There needs to be a shifting of the mind because a lot of people today don't come to Jesus ready to give up everything. 
They just come to Jesus. Seriously, yeah, that's right. Yeah, so they just come to Jesus. She, she in church today. So they just come to Jesus. And people come to church for a lot of reasons. But when your mind is made up to say, I want to be transformed. You know, I think about the rich young ruler who, who thought he did everything right. But he was talking to God. How you think that you just gonna, gonna spill out all this stuff like as if I don't know you? As if I don't know how you're off over here and off over there. And he's gonna name it down. I've been faithful since you. I've done this, I've done that, I've done this. And God said, Jesus said, Oh, but what about this? Yeah, you got all this wealth and all that, man, but you're very stingy. Give your money to the poor. Give your money to the poor and then, then come back and holler at me. Bible says he walked away sad. It wasn't a mind shift. He just wanted to join the church. He just wanted to feel good that week. Wasn't really interested in changing. Come on, say mind shift. Say it again, say mind shift. Listen, just because you don't lie, you don't cheat, you don't club, you don't fornicate, you don't commit adultery, you don't smoke, you don't drink, you don't do all those, those outward sins, you, you're not a glutton and all that kind of stuff, doesn't mean you want to change. Because sometimes you just pat your little self on the back like I'm good. Because I'm not doing this, this, that, that, and that, and that. You're, you're marking your list off. Well, I'm not doing this. I'm not doing that. I'm not doing it. That doesn't mean you want your mind renewed. That doesn't, that doesn't mean you want to be changed, transformed, walking with the Lord. I don't mean that. Some of these things that we have dealt with drove us to Jesus. came on our knees and we came broken and we came hurt. And we rushed the altar because we want we know we needed something different. Wow. Come on, let's read the second half of that on Romans 12 and 2 says, then you will learn to know God's will for you, which is good and pleasing and perfect. God's will for you. Come on, say God's will for me. It's good. It's pleasing and perfect. Come on, that's the will of God for your life. The will of God for your life is good, pleasing, and perfect. You need to say that about yourself. That's his will for you, but his will is not automatic. Ah, talk at me. How you say that, Pastor? That's his will for me. But his will is not automatic. As powerful as God as God is, and his will is not on autopilot. You know, I believe Second Peter three and nine says he 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 willed that none would perish, but all will come to repentance. His will is not strong enough to go against yours. His will is there to let us know what's available to us. Glory to God. What's available to the born-again believer? But his will is not automatic, meaning it's not just going to happen because he's saying this is his will. Yes, it's his will. But then, because some of us could be not experiencing the good right now. Like, hold on. Well, if that's God's will, why am I not experiencing the good, the pleasing, the perfect? What? Listen, this doesn't, have, this doesn't mean we're going to walk through this life and everything going to be peaches and roses. Peas and cream. Okay, peaches and roses. Like this, like pastor, you just awkward. <laughs> pastor, you, you don't flow with anything. You don't say what, you just don't say what other people say or none. You just make up your own stuff. <laughs> no, no, no. Things is the the Bible tells us Jesus already told us that man born of a woman days are full of trouble. 
He told us that there will be many trials and tribulations in the world, but be of good cheer. I have what? Overcome them. These things he's already done for us. It's like the prison door is open, but we're still sitting in the cage. It's open, but we're sitting there. Why? Because this is what we choose to do. It's not that we can't just walk out. It's our choice. We're sitting there in an open, in a jail cell that's open. So, so the reason many are not experiencing God's will, which is the good, the pleasing, and the perfect, is because the mind is still subject or the mind is still set on this fallen world. It's set on the fallen world. It's subject to this fallen world. And there's nothing in this world, there's nothing that this world has to offer us. It can't give us peace. The world don't even love us because it didn't love him. Remember, come on, we got to see what this world is all about. Then the Bible says that Satan is the God of this world. Oh, now it makes sense. Now it makes sense. So he is saying, don't conform to this world. Don't copy the behaviors and patterns because when you do that, you're following their God. You're following their God when you do that. The true believer in Christ is not subject to this world, and their mind set is different. Let's look at Romans again, chapter 8. Oh, we just getting started. It's just, it's just session one. We just getting started. Oh, we just getting started. <laughs> we just getting started. Romans chapter 8, verse 5 says, those who live, live according to the flesh. Again, I'm going to call the flesh this fallen world or fallen nature. Have their minds what? Set on what the flesh desires. Those who live, the reason you live the way you live is because your mind is set on this world. It's set on this fallen world. If I set my thermostat at home, it's set. I don't want the temperature to go lower or higher. I set it. Some of our minds have been set on this fallen world and our fallen nature, and that's the reason that we're living a certain way, because we are allowing the thoughts and, and, and things from the world to seep in and control us. There's a lot happening in society today. That's why I say we get our news from the Bible. If you stay in the Bible, you won't feel hopeless. If you stay in the Bible, guess what? Because what can the world do to me? For real, though. What really? I don't care what happens. What really can the world do to a born-again believer? Aren't we waiting on the rapture? Aren't we, oh listen, aren't we still getting other people saved so they can what? Go to heaven? Don't be fooled by propaganda and fear, fear mongering. I will not be afraid. Listen, Psalms 91, a thousand can fall by my side, 10,000 at my right hand, but it won't come near me. Why? Because I'd be a God man. Because you be a God man. You be of the God class. But if, you, but if you don't know the word, if you're not renewing your mind, then you're only subject to this fallen nature. You get your news from CNN or Fox or MSNBC or ABC or NBC or JKLMOP, whatever. All of them. You get them from all of them, them alphabets, but you don't get it from the B-I-B-L-E. Because that's the book for me. That's what the kids saying, right? Then the kids saying that. That's the book for me. We forgot. <laughs> no, it's still the book for us. Brian, it's still the book for us, young man. It's still the book for us. 
It's still the book for us. The Bible is still a book for us. But listen, we're, we're not, we're not going to leave you hanging there because those who live according to flesh have their minds set on what the flesh desires. Though, but those, but those who live in accordance with the spirit have their minds set on what the spirit desires. Man, you know, I was, I was, I, I was doing this teaching and pondering this teaching. And when I got there, I, I, I could hear the Lord saying that, that, that I need to do a teaching again on Holy Spirit. So, so I'm hoping to get to it before this year is out. But I'm going to title it the ministry of Holy Spirit. Because he is operating in the earth today. And there is a ministry that, because these are capital S's when it says spirit. We need to understand the ministry of Holy Spirit. Who is in the earth today. He is the one that's in the earth today. He is the one that's on assignment today. And we need to understand his ministry. The, and, I'm, and I believe people don't understand. A lot of church folk don't understand. A lot of people are saved, but they're not Holy Ghost filled. Why? Why aren't you praying in tongues? But you saved. What's the problem? We don't understand the ministry of Holy Spirit. We don't understand how powerful Holy Spirit is to the transformation that's going to happen in our lives. Listen, according to the word of God. People are convinced that the Holy Spirit is something else. And so they shy away from him as if God has given us bad gifts. Luke tells us that, you know, every, every father, know how to, would a father give you a serpent for egg? Or fish for, fish for a serpent? Or would he give you a stone for bread? Would a father do that? Us knowing how to give good gifts to our children. You know how to give a good gift to your child. How much more do the Father in heaven know how to know what a good gift is? He's not giving you nothing bad. Why don't you want it? Why don't you want it? Why don't you want it? He's going to help you change and transform if you understand his ministry. Let's put a little plug in. That's the fall now. Come back later. <laughs> Long way from now. Verse 6, the mind. Say the mind. The mind. Governed by the flesh is death. The mind that's governed by the flesh, the mind that's controlled by the flesh. There's a government that's set up in your mind that controls your body. And the mind that's governed by the flesh or the body or this fallen nature leads you to death. It has no other recourse. It doesn't know what else to do. That's the only assignment of the flesh is to get back to the grave. That's the only assignment of the body is to get back to the grave where it came from. So the flesh or the mind that is governed by the flesh is death and sometimes premature and sometimes earlier than expected. And sometimes out of the blue. But it's talking about spiritual death, of course. We know it's about spiritual death, but there could be some natural deaths as well. But spiritually, spiritually, you're not going to get to the place where God wants you to be. The mind is governed. The mind governed by the flesh is death, but the mind governed by the law, by the spirit is life and peace. Why do you think people that's filled with the Holy Spirit are so happy? No, we're, no it's not that we don't get sad sometimes. And we don't hang out there. Believers don't hang out in sadness. We could be sad. These emotions God given us. But there's something on the inside of us, the spirit that's on the inside of us, that prompts us to, okay, all right, let's, let's, let's go ahead and move on now. Jesus showed his emotions throughout his earthly ministry. He was grieved, he wept, he was sad. I mean, he showed his emotions. But it was only three years of ministry, so he, should, he couldn't hang out with him too long, right? He had but three years. How many years you got? We don't camp out in our emotions because our emotions sometimes can keep us camped out somewhere longer than we should be. So 
So who is the admin of your thoughts? Who is the administrator? Who, who, who is controlling your thoughts? Who, who is the admin of thoughts? Who you got in control of you? You know, we used to look at cartoons growing up. I can see right now like a mind in, in a body inside the mind with controlling stuff and pressing buttons and stuff like that. Who is up there doing all that stuff? Who up there? Who, up, who, who, who is controlling you? Who is the admin of your thoughts? Who is telling you what to do, where to go, how to respond, how to act? What to say? Who is controlling you? Who is the governor of your mind? Wow. Verse 7 says, the mind governed by the flesh is hostile to God. Come on, y'all. We're talking about mind shift. I have to lay, I got to give you all this so we can get going. The mind that is governed by the flesh is hostile towards God. It's angry with God. It doesn't want to obey God. In some cases, it don't even like God. It's hostile towards God. It's like it's beefing with God. Like get out of my face. I'm not doing what you say. I don't know you. You don't tell me what to do. I don't even see you. You can't tell me what to do. It's hostile towards God. I run my own life. It's hostile towards God. Listen to this. It does not submit to God's law, which is his word, nor can it do so. Why can't it submit? Because who is governed by? Because of who was controlled by. So Deacon Antoine did a great, great uh, teaching. Committed, but not what? Committed, but not submitted. Because submission is of the heart. And so a mind that's governed by the flesh is hostile towards God. It does not submit to God's law. I will not do it. As an act of my own will, I do what I want to do. This is my will, true. I'll do what I want to do. It cannot submit to God's law, nor can it, it does not submit, nor can it do so. Because it hadn't got up on that altar and sacrificed itself. The Bible is written to who? Who is Paul talking to? Okay. Believer is an, a Christian. Paul is talking to Christians. Not the world. He told us what, how to deal with the world. Who are we talking to again? Okay. Hey Amen. Just want to make sure we're all on the same page. Verse 8 says, those who are in the realm of the flesh cannot please God. You hang out in the rim of the flesh, you cannot please God. To please God is have to be a mind shift. The reason some of us don't please God is simply this: we don't want to. It's simple. It's simple. We just don't want to. We just don't want to please God. It's not that we can't. We don't want to. And we have to be honest with ourselves because God already knows. And as soon as you let him transform you, then you will see the things that you've been believing him for show up in a better way, in a tangible way, because he wants to use you. He does have a perfect will and purpose for your life. You didn't just get here because you wanted to be here. You fought a lot of sperms to get here. You made it. Now, what you going to do with the life you fought for? You fought to get here. whole lot of other casualties, but you made it. You made it in. So, what you going to do? 
What you going to do with the life that God gave you? The life that God gave you. Can, can, I, can I share one more scripture? Okay, let this, okay, I'll just do this right here. It's just still in Romans. I'm going to read this real little. I'm going to read in the, in the t- Passion Translation. This is a little different. It says Romans chapter 8, verse 7 and 8 says this. This is Passion Translation. It says, in fact, listen, the mindset focused on the flesh fights God's plan and refuses to submit to his direction. I mean, come on. The mindset that is focused on the flesh you're fighting God's plan for your life. You're fighting it. You're fighting. You're literally fighting the plan that God got for you. His, his good and what? Pleasing and perfect will. You're fighting that. You're fighting it. You refuse to submit to his direction, listen, because you cannot. Because you got to get, because the mind is what? Set. Because the mind is set. It's set. It's focused on the flesh. It's set. Because it's set, it cannot please God. It cannot get into God's will. Verse 8. For no matter how hard they try, God finds no pleasure with those who are controlled by the flesh. When we experience the mind shift, we readily submit to his will. I got to share this last scripture. Let me share Proverbs chapter 3, verse 5 and 6. I think media, media got that one too. Put that up for me. Let's close with that one. I'm just going to read it. I'm not going to commentate. Just going to read it. Everybody knows it. It says, trust in the Lord with all your heart. Never rely on what you think you know. This is what we're going to pick up at next week. Never rely on what you think you know. Remember the Lord in everything you do, and he will show you the right way. Give the Lord a hand clap of praise. If the Holy Spirit has convicted or inspired you to join or reach out to us through today's message, then email us at kingdomlifechurchva at gmail.com. If you would like to give towards this ministry or find out more, check out our website, which is kingdomlifeva.com, and follow us on Instagram and Facebook at kingdomlifeva. Thank you for listening and be sure to subscribe so you can hear more messages like this.